It's the in-building. If you can't get the service in the building that you're in, and I mean, I'm in this lovely resplendent gray pod, you know, pod booth, and I've got LTE, and it looks like it's fairly decent in this in this room. <laughs> Brad shaking his head like, no, it's crap. On today's A Week in Wireless, we are serving up a 5G special. What's it all about? Where's it going? And what's happening? Mm. All that and more on today's A Week in Wireless. And don't forget to tweet us using the hashtag AWIW. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to A Week in Wireless, your weekly dose of telecoms awesomeness coming in your receptive little ear holes, ladies and gents. My name is Tim Skinner, and joining me today, as always, is Scott Bacchino. Hey, Tim. Looking resplendent in your Metallica t-shirt today. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> uh, Jamie Davies. Hello, Tim. Looking resplendent in your navy blue fleece, Jamie. <laughs> Excellent work. And uh, <laughs> Thanks. And little treat for your listener. Once again, we have Mary Clark from Cineverse in the studio. Give me a woo! 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 Thank you very much, Looking resplendent in your leather jacket. Thank you. So appreciate it. Yeah. Happy to be Um, here. It's good to have you back. How have you been? Someone opened the dictionary well. in the R today, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and may, may I note, Tim, what great radio it is for you to describe everyone's physical appearance? It is. Yeah, Giving that visual inference go. to the listener. Extra exactly. dimension. That's it, right. It, it's meant to assist the listener in visualising us in this grey studio. <laughs> um, it's, it's a resplendent grey studio. It's a resplendent grey studio. It's fabulous. Yes. No, I'm very well and I'm really happy to be here. I, I, you know, I just miss you guys and yeah. send random notes to Scott to say, hey, do you need any help on the podcast? Yeah. And he seems compelled to let me come She's by. She's actually flown <laughs> over just for that. That's it. The, yeah. the, the proximity of my World Congress is, is a complete coincidence. I think we should be um, credited with some of the air miles that Mary gets just for flying <laughs> over here. <laughs> From, there are uh, many people that think that. <laughs> I have a lot of people that would like to have access to my air miles. Mm. But, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very happy to be back. Oh, we're, always. we're always always pleased to have you. So the last time we had you on the show, yes. it was our uh, New Year's special. It was fabulous. And then previous to that, the Christmas special, which yeah. definitely didn't coincide. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and we, we were a couple of drinks in, and we made some predictions about this year. So I'm just going to ask, just to kick things off, how is 2017 treating Mary Clark, and how does Mary Clark see 2017? treating the industry so far? Uh, it's interesting. Mm. Um, I feel like uh, when I think about what was being talked about this time last year and what's being talked about right now, again, I feel like I'm just a little bit in the twilight zone. You know, right. it's, mm. it's a lot of IoT still. It's a lot of 5G. It's it's a lot of, you know, it, I remember very much it was what was the 5G partnership at the time? What was the IoT announcement at the mm-hmm. time? It just seems to be the same Days kind of... freaking vu. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, VR is still, I find it interesting, sort of it floats in, it floats out, but that yeah. still is not a predominant discussion. I still see AI kind of flow, floating in and floating out. It's, yep. I don't see a huge sea change between sort of last year and this year mm. and sort of the things that people are talking about. Well, it's, it's quite funny that you, you put it in that sort of context where you think a new year is going to bring a whole wave of right. change. But every every year we all start the year and go, John, this, this year is the year I'm going to get into shape. <laughs> yeah. Or this year is the year I'm mm. going to quit smoking or whatever it is. Yeah. And then it never f***ing happens. Yeah. And then you carry on and realise it's exactly the same as it always was. Totally. Mm. We make some incremental change. But effectively, everything stays largely well, the same. And believe me, Tim, at risk of patronising you, young slip of a lad as mm. you are, <laughs> mm. uh, 
the older you know, you I'm get, sensitive about my age, Scott. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be sort of delicate here. Yeah. I'm the elderly statesman yeah. in the room. Um, <laughs> but the older you get, the more you realise that it's often same shit, different year. Yeah. But, okay. You know, there you go. Having said that, yeah. Um, we thought we would for this particular episode. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff that has happened around Mobile Congress and is going on right now. Mm. But I thought especially, what, as a sort of conversational hook, what's the point of 5G? So that's what yes. Mary's just flagged it up. One of the defining buzzwords of our time. It's not going to go away. It's going to the IoT, one or two others, cloud, etc. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's the point of 5G? And I think it's especially interesting having Mary in the room, who has witnessed a few generations of 2G. mobile... 2G, there we are. So, she, so her clock starts at 2G. 1995 was the first digital network deployed in the United States. Right. Uh, right after the first deployment of uh, amps, which was just analog. Uh-huh. Right. So, of course, I'm looking around the room like, does anyone know what analog <laughs> is? And, I mean, uh, I have an analog watch. Right. Still, so. so hot damn. Okay. I feel good about that. And then, uh, yeah, so every... Every year. And I remember so very well the chat about this is the year of cellular data. This is the year that data is going to take off. Right. I remember circuit, what was CDPD? Uh, oh, God, the data packet, uh, circuit switch data packet, something like that. CDPD mm-hmm. was, the, right. was the technology that was data over a digital channel. Right, and we kept on waiting for it to come, waiting for it to come, and you know we had billing standards, and yeah, yeah. it was just like well, that's one of that's one of the things I get from it. So you know, you're on the in- I've never been on the inside of the industry like you, but I've obviously been a smart ass commentator for a little while, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you do get this colossal feeling of industry momentum. Yeah. Like lots of people's jobs depend on this stuff happening. It's just that they forgot to send the memo to the market sometimes mm. and so the industry's like alright we're, we're, we're so on the starting blocks everything's ready right bring on the consumers and the consumer's like nah I'm alright actually I'm alright yeah. I got what I need well you guys said that on the pod last week right you were just like well yeah, I'm getting repetitive y- in my old age no I but, but it, I mean it, it made sense though I remember I, I thought yeah that's quite right it's while 5G to the regular consumer is just like, okay, that's another thing that's going to appear on the top of my phone that I'm not going to understand what it is. And I'm just going to simply be looking at it like, is that supposed to be faster, quicker, better, mm. whatever the hell it is. Want more, isn't it? Right. I want more. And because mm. uh, I deserve it, right? Because I'm the consumer. But really where it, where it makes a difference is inside mm. the industry. And that's yeah. what you said last week. And I, and I think that's really true. It's yeah. We are holding – I was on a call just the other day and – uh, you know, I, I get involved in these conversations where, you know, I have very senior people that have been in the industry around me for decades. And they're like, we need to be leading in 5G. We need to. So there's lots of these conversations yeah. that happen that talk about, you know, countries and nations. We're going to be the leader in, in 5G. Or yeah. we, we were the leader in 4G. We've got to maintain this momentum. There's a lot of mm. economic competition associated with where is, you know, who is the leader and who's identified yeah. as the leader? That's, that's actually spot on, I think, from what I've seen uh, in, the, in, in my few years. Um, <laughs> his couple. Bless in, him. In, <laughs> bless him, in, I know, gosh. Yes, bless him and his little baby curl on the top of his head. <laughs> um, in the development of 5G so far is that, it, from what I've seen, it's the US operators, the telcos, the carriers, if you will, who are saying... We kind of lost out on the momentum with LTE. Asian knocks that one out of the park. US was second. Europe, probably third. 
Um, but now you're seeing, and what we have seen so far, is like Verizon and T-Mobile right. saying, we don't care if the FCC has laid down regulations on this spectrum yet, or we're going to plough ahead. Done. Yeah, exactly. Small we're going to steam ahead before right. standards are set and yeah. before regulations come in place around spectrum. We're going to get trialling on this now, yeah. and, then, and then we'll just ad- adjust it to make sure that we can keep in touch with, with standards and regulations as they evolve. So it looks like the US particularly is making a really concerted effort to be front of queue here. Yeah, I mean, I mean that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, when was the last time that you've actually? I mean, we did a little, well, we did some research this week on, on various polls. When was the last time that a regulator actually caught up with or actually <laughs> kept pace with the with the actual mm. industry itself? Irrelevant yeah. of what industry it is, you know, we're not just talking telcos, maybe no, but, you know, automotive, like food and beverage, energy, everything. or whatever. Yeah, it is, wherever yeah. The, the if you're constantly waiting for the regulators and constantly waiting for standards, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, and that's. I once had a regulator in the U.S. tell me that, look, my job is to sort of watch what's going on and fix what's broken. I'm not necessarily in my job to get ahead of whether – because it may not be a problem or not. And I I generally think this is – I think that's a very good place for the regulators to be and it's a very good attitude for the regulators Mm. to have. Because I used to – prior to – like, Tim, I've only been in sort of like telco for a couple of years i'm just gonna feel so old by the prior, time this is done <laughs> prior, prior to Not that 95 then <laughs> no but prior to that i was working in oil and gas sure. and the oil and gas regulator are looked at they're looked at as basically being the mickey mouse engineers of yeah. oil and gas you know if you can't make it at a vendor you go work for yeah. one of the the gas companies if you can't make it at one of the gas companies you go work for the regulator sure so the regulators are never got the innovators in the industry so that they shouldn't be set in the pace and they shouldn't be yeah. set in the rules they should be reactive yep. so if you can do if you can't regulate yeah, basically. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say, uh, I don't know if you've ever read any books by Michael Lewis, but he writes books about the finance industry, and the most famous one recently is called The Big Short, talking about all the... Um, See the movie. Yeah, well, OK, well, I've read the book. Look at me, the lovely doll. Oh, you yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah, latest, most hardworking people go into finance because that's where all the money is. And then, and then there's a sort of varying sort of strata, like the very top is maybe Goldman Sachs, and then you go down and, and, and Bear Stearns or whatever mm. wasn't so big. Uh, and then, then they might not even be able to make it into Bear Stearns. I can talk about Bear Stearns because it doesn't exist anymore. That is correct. Hopefully I don't get sued. I think it'll um, be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just a guess. And, uh, and if they don't make it there, then maybe they go off and work for one of the uh, credit rating agencies. Yeah. And they mm. were rubbish. They were completely complicit, yeah. according to this book, A Big Short, in how badly all this credit was rated, which stands to reason. And then if you suck too much to work for Standard & Poor's or Moody's, then you go and be a regulator. So that was, <laughs> that was how he put it, by the way. Yeah. Um, regulators, I think you're all great. Bringing it back <laughs> Yeah, you to, want to go back to that. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. Bringing it back to 5G. No, you're all right, Mary. You're okay. Bringing it back to 5G a little bit before we go off on too much of a tangent about regulators and different industries and how much they may or may not suck. Um, what, do we, what do we perceive, if anybody has any comments on where the regulation around 5G is at the moment? Is there any? Does anybody have a clue what's going on? Is it a bit of a... I don't think there's anything a, to regulate yet, is, is there? Is, is it just a bit of a cluster, what's it? And are we, are we, are we getting I to the point where the regulators... No, well, I'm all right, I'm all right. Uh, are we getting to the point where regulators start to have an idea about what's going on in this industry, or so are they just as clueless as the rest of us? You know what my favourite word is, right? It's what, what are they regulating? Spectrum. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Spectrum so is I the. I thought you were going to pick a swear word. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can put one in front of that oh, yeah, for spectrum. sure. Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But spectrum is where is where they are, right? And and that's the place that 
That's the only place, frankly, where they are better off ahead, right? Because they need to free it up. They need to make sure that it's available. And so Spectrum yep. is the place that all of this is – the discussion is uh, occurring today. Yeah. And they've got to do that. Yeah. That's imperative. We're not going to get anywhere. I mean the amount of unlicensed Spectrum that's being utilized and considered for just LTE today. Right. I mean 3.5 gigahertz is going to carry LTE. And everybody's just like, yeah, sure. You know, and it's completely unregulated. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's phenomenal. But it is a uh, it's a little bit of the Wild West, right? Yeah. And, it's, and, and we've it's, never had – And Wi-Fi is using it. As well. <clears throat> yeah. Wi-Fi is on there as well. Yeah. And it has been for years, but, you know, when you start pushing through something of that level with LTE and you have the corresponding consumer expectation of what mm-hmm. that, that experience is going to be like, we've never been there before. Yeah. So It yeah. is Wild West, as you It say. is totally Wild West. Mm. So as, as we think about the next if, – if, if the numbers prove out right, we should be looking at standardized or standards being done 2018 mm-hmm. for 5G. So, uh, fortunately, 3GPP just gave us a logo for that, which is just oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Everybody needed so a logo. So people like you get to stick it on everything. Yeah, I'm a marketer. <laughs> See, this is where this is where you know, as a marketer, I, I get maligned every time. But no, it's uh, you know, so as we go, if 2018 is going to be when we have the the standard, and you figure by 2020 we could have devices that are in theory at a consumer level ready to go. Yeah. The spectrum that's actually really necessary to have, what is it, the four tenants of 5G? What is it? No latency, ubiquitous. Yeah. Low, know, low power for IoT and then the bandwidth. Yeah, yeah link, right. I mean, it, it's just incredible, right? What it, it, The panacea yeah. of usage, right? We're still not going to have that for the kind of, of uh, a spectrum for at least another five years after But that. we don't yeah. even have that for LTE plans and all that. But we still, in London, in central London in 2017, I, I rarely get above sort of three to five megahertz <laughs> I can tell you phone. what I'm on right now. I oh, actually have LTE, you so do. I'm feeling quite excited. Right, because last time in we this... chatted about this, what were you on? Oh, it's Edge. Edge. I think Edge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on the I mean, Edge, man. Oh, nice. God, I, I, think, so <laughs> I think London's a pretty bad example to use as well, uh, to be honest. I mean, like, if you're going to put the rankings of how advanced places are in the world, you mm. know, you'd start somewhere like certain places in Asia, then maybe Singapore, North America, yeah. then maybe uh, down to Europe, and then we're going to be behind why? certain places well, in Europe. You should think that London should be in the top ten. It, well, should, it should be <clears throat> the, the operators and the regulators should be competent enough in, in London, which is the most expensive city in the world to live. They should be able to develop the technology to make sure that everyone gets a decent LTE coverage, right? And That's, you, is that and you not... figure that the first channels in LTE were starting to be deployed in 2012. Yeah. I mean, just to put it into context, right? So we're five years in yeah. to the first moment that the first channel was put in. Mm-hmm. And they started selling it, right? Ericsson and Alu and everybody else started selling the boxes, for 4G in 2008. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, again, all we're doing is you just kind of fast forward and we're in the exact same scenario okay, that yeah. we, so we Mary, were before. You're, you're the one, unlike us, we hold our hands up, we put, position ourselves as industry commentators. We don't really know dick. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I've been since Why does 92. It take so long? Um, well, I mean, you know, there's just straight capital that needs to be deployed yeah. and you've got to rip mm-hmm. stuff out and you've got to figure out how to. Normalize and and, uh, and manage. So, so look, I'll, I, I I try not to do this, but we did just do a story. We did just some, do some research in Cineverse to figure out, okay, how much actual LTE roaming is going on, and it's still less than three G. I don't think I've ever roamed on four G. 
Yeah, so I am right now, but that's probably because I made a little bit of a fuss after I was here last right. time. I wasn't but, just from the podcast. Yeah. I followed it up when I was in Berlin, I was. Yeah, were you yeah. on Sorry, LT just, in Berlin? Just yeah, yeah, I was on. I was on forty with. Uh, well, it was a work phone, so I wasn't paying for it. So I just whacked it up as Good. high as I possibly Good. could. So, so just, just, fabulous, to, just to clarify uh, for the listener, I realise there's a couple of sure. things being said at the same time. Yeah. Jamie, you have roamed on four G. Yeah, in when Berlin, I was in okay. Berlin. Okay. Yeah. Which is what we chatted I've, about last week is Berlin thing. I've uh, I've not I've not been able to do it. Every time I go abroad and I try and use roaming, I get three G. I That's don't right. get any more than that. That might be my operator. It might be the agreements that they've got going on with with uh, other carriers. I've not been able to. And the analysis that we've done shows that the majority of the roaming that's happening, sort of intercontinental, you know, it's like mm-hmm. true international roaming, is still three G. Mm. And that's a great little bellwether in an effort to understand, okay, how really ubiquitous is this? Because you make a decision as an operator when you're serving somebody to say, am I going to put them on a 4G right. channel? Am I going to save that for my home subscriber? So is that what basically happens? So here, you know, here am I. I'm on EE in the UK. And I generally, to be fair to EE, get decent coverage. I commute in from Hertfordshire to London. Most sure. of the train <clears throat> journey, it's on 4G. So mm-hmm. I haven't got any complaints. But if, you know, if you're on Verizon or whatever in the, U- in the right. US, and hypothetically, I don't know this, EE's uh, a sort of roaming partner, E can make a call as to what class of citizen they think you are, and they can prioritise Scott over Mary because right. I'm a UK person and you're and you're a Roma, and that's yep. generally what happens. Romas get sort of it, it, it's not ubiquitous, right? Right. It is the decision of that home operator of that serving operator. Right. So it's yeah. a case by case yep. thing. Right. Just to put it into context, again, maybe I'm just on the wrong operator. I should look at this, and I've called them out in the past. Uh-huh. O2. Um, <laughs> you you go from Hertfordshire into London every day and yeah. you have a 90 minute commute and you get 4G along the way yeah. I have a 12 minute train ride from Wimbledon in southwest London into central London and for about 8 minutes of that I don't get any service at all mm. and it's not tunnels or anything wow. no, it's just full stop yeah. wow god you'd think they'd give southwest London there's so much money down there yeah I, think they saw <laughs> I know out. tell me about it right? oh yeah <laughs> not as much as in Dubai but that's another matter that's another matter yeah. entirely yes um, so the uh, the hook for this, you know, this is obviously one of our more, our more tangential ones. I blame Mary. Mm-hmm. As you uh, should. Um, is what's the point of 5G? And so we've been building up to it by sort of talking about, you know, some of the history, some of the context. Um, and I think, you know, one point we've got to is 5G, as Mary says, is expected to be this panacea. Um, it's supposed to be all things to all people, but it's mm. going to cost a lot of money to make it happen. It comes down to ROI. So that seems like a good little juncture. To have a pause, mm. yep. go to an ad break. You know, our sponsors pay the bills in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we'll pick up on that ROI sort of tangent after this. Yeah. Of course, everything we talk about on a weekend wireless is just the start. So why don't you go over to telecoms.com where you'll see a lot of news written by me, your host, Tim Skinner. And if you actually want to see the real news, talk about the clouds, where the future's actually going, have a look at the stuff by Jamie Davis. No, you're both wrong. I'm the boss. Shut up or I'll sack you. And we are back. How do we feel about being back? Good. Good. Very awesome. Good. Good. Always. Jamie? Yep, fine. Yep, cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So welcome back to A Week in Wireless. We're doing a 5G special deep dive this week with our guest, Mary Clark. Hello, Mary. Thank you. Hello. Um, So before the break, we were basically just setting the scene, talking about the general sort of landscape, the regulatory landscape, and a lot of the stuff that we can expect to see over the next few years. Um, Scott made a good point just before the break about the 
the, sort of the business case, the return on investment, what can we expect to actually see being a revenue generator for operators? Um, and and that leads me on to the, the first part of, of what we're really going to discuss in the second half of the show is sort of applications of 5G and some of the real world sort of actual deliverables and what we can really expect over the next few years. So um, what's really interesting is that with, over the last year, we've we've seen a lot of talk about agreements. We had our sort of poking fun at it 5G partnership of the day column when everyone and their nan was making an agreement to, <laughs> to do something in 5G. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it was always as, as almost as intangible as that. We're going to do some 5G. Mm. Yeah. Um, we're all over. Yeah, we're going to do know, lots of 5G. Yeah. Do you know what? If there's a letter and a number involved, we'll stick them together and we're all over it. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, but we've recently started to see one specific company coming to the fore in actually announcing dedicated trials, real-world trials of 5G this year. Uh-huh. Um, and that surprised me when I found out that it was Samsung. Right, as opposed to this. sort of Ericsson, Nokia, Huawei, Nokia, Ericsson, yeah. Huawei, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> producer Brad's mind is blown, ladies mm. and gents. Um, so for all the guff that we've heard from Nokia, Ericsson and Huawei, guff might be a little bit strong, <laughs> but a lot of the talk that we've had from those guys... And we saw around the build-up to Mobile World Congress, as we discussed previously, Nokia just went mental for, yeah. a, for a 5G it, announcement. Yeah, I know, but whatever. You guys said you got um, like 30 releases yeah, yeah. like in a it, day. It, it's yeah, it's just been phenomenal how mm. much we've received from these guys. Um, I think their PR people are paid per press release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite possibly. That's like when I when I went on holiday to Sri Lanka, and the bus drivers are paid for the number of times they finish the route. Right. So oh, they from leg it. going from they go mental like down the street. It's terrifying <laughs> to be on a Sri Lankan road. It's a little in, out in the out in the sticks because you just you're driving along and then you can hear it before you see it. Just like this leaning on the horn that the bus drivers do as they're going like 80 miles an hour down a tiny little winding country lane. There we go. It is absolutely terrifying. Anyway. So so Nokia are the Sri Lankan bus drivers of the telecoms industry. (laughs) (laughs) They should have that as their new slogan. (laughs) As a marketer, I'm just loving it. I think it's phenomenal. So, so yeah, so what we saw then, coming back on topic slightly, I know that we hate being on topic, (laughs) but um, what what we've seen, and I've wrote a couple of stories, I've written a couple of stories recently about Samsung... Uh, announcing real-world 5G fixed wireless access trials. Now, for the listener's benefit, if you've not come across fixed wireless uh, before as a term, it's the idea of delivering uh, conventionally fixed broadband, and that can be sort of the last mile or whatever it is, delivered by copper or fibre, things like wireless. So effectively, you have a base station, and then anywhere within, let's say, 500 metres, that base station can deliver into a premises using... uh, um, sort of receiving uh, yeah. customer premises equipment. Right. Um, so what we're now being able to see is is uh, wireless as a means of delivering uh, residential or um, mm-hmm. enterprise broadband. Um, and that has the potential to be a really revolutionary way of delivering uh, mass consumer broadband. Yeah, I mean, it's had a couple of uh, outings in the past, mm-hmm. and each one hasn't had enough of a use case or enough of a problem. Mm. You know, I can go back to AT&T did something years and years ago where they were doing fixed fixed wireless and they were selling it to consumers and it was supposed to essentially make the play over over the, the cable, what we call in the United yeah. States the cable provider. Yeah. And, you know, there, there, there have been some fits and starts. The key thing, though, that's happened is what you all have heard me rant about in the past, which is it's the in-building. 
If you can't yeah. get the service in the building that you're in, and I mean, I'm in this lovely, resplendent gray pod, you know, pod booth, and I've got mm-hmm. LTE, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's fairly decent in this in this room. Mm-hmm. Brad shaking his head like, no, nah, it's crap. But um, <laughs> but it, but it is really it's a thing. The in building coverage and the ex- and this what's the key right? It's the expectation of the consumer. Yeah. If I'm not getting the service for my, you know, critical <coughs> device that I'm using for, say, the work that I'm doing, yeah. as a person, uh, just as a consumer, it's not acceptable anymore. So, that's the key. So this comes back to some of the points that you made in the first half, which is the, the key pillars of 5G is that it has to be 100% reliable. It has to be ubiquitous. Yeah. And it has to be a constant connection. And you don't get that without solving this, the, the walls thing, you know, no. that, that line of <laughs> yeah. sight, you know, it's got to go through walls the walls. Walls are pretty important. Walls yeah. are important. Yeah. You've got to have that, that radio signal be able to get through it. And I'm it's, a fan uh, of walls. I'm a fan of walls. Yeah. Roofs are nice, I think, too. Mm, you know? Especially when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. I prefer foundations. They really support me. <laughs> oh, didn't dance. Excellent. Oh, uh, and, and um, so, so, yeah, so. We've seen it uh, in various iterations in the past. Actually, my parents uh, currently live in Spain, and their broadband is delivered by WiMAX. Yeah. Remember WiMAX? Yeah. I, 2005, man, I spent a lot of time in WiMAX. I, <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. You got the scars. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, painfully. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, okay, so something like WiMAX is, is very long-range, but it doesn't have that much capacity. <laughs> but what we're seeing a bit more with 5G is the ability to deliver something over short ranges and have very high capacity. You used a great metaphor when you were on the show last time, is that what's the what's the point in millimetre wave when, yeah. you know, unless I'm sat across the table from you... <laughs> I'm standing uh, on it. You know, there's no point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, do you know what? This square foot around me has got great it's connection. Awesome. <laughs> it really works. Phenomenal. But actually, does, is millimetre... Back to this fixed wireless we were talking about, mm. is millimetre better for when you have two fixed points with sort of line of sight between them oh, yeah. then you get less of a propagation issue okay. so you don't have to be yeah. sat literally on the base station no but then that's where things like beam forming come into play is, yeah. is, is the ability to, to we just said beam forming on the on the pod I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> look we have the ability to be technical I am so ish. excited that we're talking about this Jamie just... looks dead dead bored but I'm excited <laughs> <laughs> you're just excited because it makes you think of lightsabers well that's sort of true well, I, I, there's always a Star Wars reference in there for me but. and switching on a lightsaber does form a beam there you go. <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying yeah. exactly um, however I think Mary <laughs> you right. and I are thanks, on our thanks own thanks for pointing that out it's alright yeah. well you guys don't know Star Wars so uh uh, well, well, perhaps I not do. to the extent that you're married. <laughs> it's a matter um, of degree, isn't it? You are quite. Um, so, yeah. So, so using beamforming, coming back on topic again. I know that we hate being on topic. Um, <laughs> it, what I what I've seen with a couple of handy diagrams from Samsung is is basically they've got a, a little sort of side on view of a house, and you can see through mm-hmm. the house, and you can see all the different. Um, devices that they've got plugged in and then they've got a couple of uh, CPEs, customer premises equipment yeah. and then literally right next door they've got a lamppost with a with mm. a receiving uh, or, yeah. a, or, a, or an antenna unit an access unit uh, just beaming it straight into the, the CPE um, so we've also seen a couple of projects where I think AT&T are trialling a technology where they can basically have uh, this sort of point to point uh, radio 5G network, but basically using power lines yep. as its supporting infrastructure. But it's over the top, unlike um, sort of power line networking at home, it's over the top of the lines rather than through the middle of them. Yes. So it sort of yeah. piggybacks on the lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then that led me to think is this possibly going to be the first 5G case that we see? I mean, we're going to be seeing 2017 trials in the US in four different states, I think it is, in yep. Washington. Yep. 
a couple of others. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in London as well, in central London, just down the road from 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 our pod. Yeah. Um, we'll so does that, that does that make me think? Well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, does that make me think? <coughs> am I right to think that five G as a alternative to fiber or copper into the home is going to be one of the big first use cases that we see? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I got I got some ideas. Um, I'm interested to hear what Mary's got to say as the person who actually knows what she's talking about. Mm. <laughs> um, I think I think I probably will. I think we get we got. Ex- Remember what we said at the start, the 5G is actually a bunch of different, quite not necessarily directly related use cases. Mm. So we've got the um, bandwidth play. Yep. So everyone accepts that with each new generation, we need an order of magnitude, more bandwidth, so that we can stream an 8K video in one nanosecond, and wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, do you know what? I already need it. Yeah, exactly, on my on my On phone. your five-inch on, phone, you <laughs> want to see an 8K yeah. video. Yeah, my 1080p phone. I can't, that, that I can't your, see I can't... every single follicle of hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the yeah. sort of bandwidth I don't know, man, play. you're getting a little bit old. You do need to see every follicle. Uh, right? Oh, I see. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, meow. Is that, is that why you've got this sort of Marine Corps haircut going on at the moment? Yeah. Anyway. Talking about my haircut is very friendly for radio, Scott. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and then the other... Then, the, then you've got the... Super low power play for IoT, mm. where you're going to have zillions of devices all connected to the internet, all having some kind of hive mind, which is obviously going to degenerate into a sort of Terminator-like dystopia. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, but, um, <laughs> but you know that goes without saying, really. Now, yeah. uh, and then you've got the low latency play, which again doesn't necessarily require low or high power, doesn't necessarily require low or high bandwidth. It's the latency itself which you need. Mm-hmm. So you know those are three things. Before I sort of hand it over uh, to the other guys. Those things are going to perhaps happen in parallel. Which will come first? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I personally think that we're, t- we're talking about the bandwidth, uh, bandwidth plays. I mean, that's I reckon that's going to be the first uh, first to come along for me, just mainly mm-hmm. because we're greedy. Um, yeah. You know, just consumers, yeah, we are greedy, yeah. and you we we don't need eight K video. No. But because someone is, yeah, I mean, why do I need 8K video on that? I mean, it's just, yeah, pointless. Um, but but because the vendors have put the idea in the head of the operators and the mm-hmm. operators have put the idea in the head of us as consumers, yeah. we're demanding it. It's... So we're demanding more and more and more and more, even mm. though... I've got. Is there any? Do I need? I don't need. I don't even need HD video on my bloody phone. But I mean, the standard definition is fine. So, what? This is this is Jamie having a conversation with Brad, the producer. Okay, yeah. So it's probably not the best. But but the level of definition that's on the phone at the moment. I mean, it it isn't. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to make my day any better. Jamie, can I just be perfectly honest? Can I just say at that point, you make an interesting point, and it makes me wonder whether. The advancement of technology is a chicken or egg thing. Is it we use it because we have it, or we have it because we need to use it? Uh, oh yeah, I mean it's. Uh. I mean the the operators make their own downfall. I mean it's a, it's a spiral of it's a self serving spiral which is just taking them further and further down. In that they're <laughs> creating the use cases for the consumers, and the consumers are demanding it off the yeah. uh, off the operators when they're not ready to deliver them. But so the, they're having to force them through all and all the time get cheaper to compensate for the fact that they can't yeah. deliver these use right. cases and it's just killing them. But is, could it be that the operator realises that, that, realizes that that is where the revenue is 
that's the services that people are consuming. Those are the services that people are consuming. And so, therefore, they deliver you know, you, you the say, increment of You that. say that's where the revenue is, but you've seen, what, in the last 20 years? I mean, we're talking about sort of 5G now, mm-hmm. but go back 10 years when we're going into 4G. Even yeah. though over the last 20 years, operators have just seen their profit margins erode mm-hmm. and erode and yeah. erode and erode. So this isn't a new thing that we're talking about no. chasing new revenues. So every time that they chase new revenues with new developments, Elements, they're just constantly churning down their uh, their actual profit margins. So, so, so the key thing about five G that I think is is different than the previous iterations, right? The two, the three, the four, is that they it actually these these hallmarks, right, of ubiquitous, no latency. Yeah, those are hugely uh, uh, huge aspirations that we've never declared before, and they're actually being driven not from the consumer's perspective. They're being driven much more from use cases that are entirely enterprise and industrial driven. Okay, okay. So let me requalify what I was going to say sure. then. Not necessarily consumer, yeah. customer. The user. Yeah. So, the customer, yeah. not the operator. So, because you're totally right. I mean, we've been through a spiraled, squeezing, commoditizing nastiness of lost revenue, right? From every sort of use case you can imagine for the mm-hmm. operator. And as they become more and more marginalized and try to figure out how to recreate revenue within their own within their own sandbox of, okay, I've got connectivity. What else can I get? What else can I do for you? Whatever, whoever it is, whoever the you is. But in this case with 5G, what's interesting is that, you know, we're talking about services that are truly way beyond anything. In many ways, you could make the argument that 3G to 4G was just really a realization of mobile data. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was just the idea that, you know, we, we could do circuit switch packet data on a device, mm-hmm. you know, in the lovely uh, feature phone. I mean, I, you could do data yeah. on that. But what, you know, the 7 did in 2007 when the iPhone came out that changed the way that we use the device and that changed yeah. everything. But 4G just said, okay, let's really make that good. Yeah. 5G is saying, we want to make this entirely immersive how do we make this radio access be completely immersive to mm. every use case, both yep. industrial and consumer? Yep. So it, it's a it's a real sea change in many ways from what we're aspiring to achieve in in mobile than what we ever have before, and it's uh, so that's the piece to me that I'm I'm really hopeful. So do you mm. think, Mary, that the the move from four G to five G? I mean, you've sort of said this, but I just want to clarify is is substantially different from every other generational move that's come before it. It is, uh, you know, the big thing about when we went from three to four was, man, you had to rip out your whole network. Right. The whole damn network so had to come the, out. So all the vendors, put, yeah, all you the know, vendors like, were like, lovely. Yay, I got yeah. an evolved packet core. Let's rip that shit out. Let's put this one in. Okay. We're going to have a whole new network, right? So that was an, an amazing opportunity to to recreate what was inside. This is not the same sort of thing. Yeah, there's changes in the technology. There's no question. But it's not being uh, – the use cases, it's mm-hmm. almost they figured out how to market this differently. Yeah. They're marketing it from the use case perspective and what's going to be the driver, what industry is going to take this up right. the quickest. Mm-hmm. If it's fixed wireless, how is that going to be used inside of an industrial environment, for example? Mm-hmm. Inside of health. Health is one of the ones from a fixed wireless point of view has got fabulous use cases that are really – you know, it is, it is really that crazy example yeah. of the guy is – is looking at a, uh, a screen, and uh, there is a machine performing the uh, the operation for him, mm. and he's 3,000 miles away. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's that kind of circumstance that's the use so case is, for that. This is much a sort of philosophical change. It is a technological it change. Is, it is, more so than I think we've ever had. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's more equivalent to, from amps, analog, yeah. to digital. It's right. much more mm. equivalent to the 2G to 3G than this than, than what we are right now, okay. 3G to 4G. So, so it's, it's more of a new era than an evolution I between agree. eras. So yeah, it's like kind of... Yeah. What I what I glean from that, if we were to kind of summarize the evolution of, of each era, we're looking at three G, which is, you know, in terms of data. Going let's let's do yep. it. Yep. Let's do it. Four G is let's do it right. And five yep. G is let's do it better and let's do it everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. Mm. Finally well. <laughs> finally the name for EE will actually start to make some sense. <laughs> which marketing is always ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're always trying to, you know, get ahead of the curve. What can I say? So um, have we seen any other sort of particular use cases going on so far? Because, I mean, last year um, I had a chat with the CTO of Sprint. Mm. Um, he gave us some very sort of exciting sort of use cases that he was talking about. Uh, they were talking about using sort of a very sort of closed instance of 5G I think at like the Levi's Arena in oh, right. wherever it is sure Texas Levi's San Arena San Francisco maybe uh, yeah Levi's I don't actually don't know yeah. I, I, I think Kansas it's the one City. in Dallas well it's okay. Kansas City is Sprint so be mm. most likely oh, no. Kansas City okay either way um, sorry to all the Americans out there um, we have one <laughs> I, I on here too. and she doesn't know um, <laughs> and sorry to Levi's um, <laughs> and, uh, and Kansas City and Sprint <laughs> and Texas and California <laughs> and, um, and anyway yeah so he was talking about getting uh, sort of 5G connectivity to be able to str- live stream virtual reality because then that's the bandwidth and the latency because we all know if you yeah. have a uh, problem with latency on VR, then you're going to throw up everywhere. Indeed. And it's going right. to look like a scene out of Team America. Um, <laughs> so he was talking about that. They were very excited. Have we heard of any other instances? Sort of any other real-life use cases? What yeah, are you even early doors. Any, any you're allowed to tell us about that aren't strictly... Com- Actually, tell us really confidential stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and oh tell God, what we're saying here. And tell the hundreds of people yeah. who listen to us every week. That's tell us stuff f- that, that you may lose like, your job, but that's a small price for but us for, to pay. for you guys, right, I'd yeah. do anything. That's right. No, I, it, it's all about indoors. It's all about the, uh, the mm. indoor coverage. It's all about being able to make sure that it's it's really meeting that requirement of, of in-building. I, mm. You know... Fixed wireless and being able to deliver it consistently is uh, for a bunch of marketing requirements for uh, just in-store helping retail sort yeah. of save itself from itself. Yeah. Being able to support that in-store experience of being able right. to have your device, do the shopping, do, you know. Give do people some want. reason to not so, use Amazon. Yeah. Like, say, yeah. like mm-hmm. Amazon is doing at yeah. the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is a, that's, that's just a one yeah, simple yeah. retail example, right, that I... Uh, will benefit tremendously from fixed wireless 5G. No question. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I don't know about you guys, but I I feel very excited about some of the use cases that Sprint's got going. And if I, do you know what? I, I genuinely think that some of the stuff that they were talking about is, is some of the most exciting possible consumer use cases, device use cases for the next generation of mobile. What do you think? Well, I mean, for in fairness, right, I... I I remember it was 10 years ago that we had some of the very first Wi-Fi in stadiums that, you know, they were wow. talking about. So, you know, I'm not that old. Oh, Tim, Tim, what can I say? I All I could say is, is that 
I there got to be better, and there got to be more than just those. That's what I'm hoping. I, I, I you know, it's I've just been in this too long. I, I've been in it for way too long, and I've been you know seeing these these examples for such a I, long time coming through. I don't know. So. I, I, maybe you have, but I've been I've been around the block. I've been in the telco industry for five odd years. I, I love you know, it. I think I know and my I'm way a, around I'm it. Twenty five, and I it's just I, I I cover my hands, you know, with my I cover my face with my hands, and don't even think about it. No, I actually, I actually think it's quite sweet that Tim thinks. That he's got some experience. Ugh. Just has been doing it for five Tim years. Tim thinks he's it, got some experience. It actually makes me want to put you on my lap and pat <laughs> you, pat your head. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't need this condescending bullshit, man. I don't need this. I just, do you know? Do you know? Do you know what? No, I know. I know my way around telco. Oh. I know what I'm writing about. My Twitter name uh. is Telco Tim. I'm not going to stand for this. No, five G. Yeah, yeah. f- off. <laughs> <laughs> you have to play with this shit in Dubai. <laughs> he's gone. Oh dear. And uh, listener. You may have heard that allusion to Dubai, and Tim has literally stormed off to go to Dubai. Joking aside, he is actually he is actually leaving. He's got a job reviewing bars and restaurants in Dubai, which we're not at all jealous about. <laughs> so this is his last podcast. Nice one, Tim. Great storm out. Great storm out. And that's out. the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed for listening to my last episode of A Week in Wireless. It's been an absolute blast. I'm sad to go. But please come back. The show will go on. So tune in next week, same time, same place, slightly different people, but hopefully just as good. Cheers.